Dr. Kildare. Blair General Hospital, one of the great citadels of American medicine. A clump of gray. Okay, it's no secret. I like hunky doctors. And this Dr. Kildare. OMG! Oh, he's like George Clooney meets Patrick Dempsey. Let me tell you about my time working with him. (sighs) Blair General Hospital, where life begins, life ends, and life goes on. Any further examinations from Mrs. Bradley, Jimmy? No, we'll learn more when we take the x-rays tomorrow. Oh, thank God. I was afraid you were going to make me draw blood or something. As a candy striper, Miss Standish, that would not fall under your list of duties. I'm also not cleaning bedpans. That is non-negotiable. That's hardly the attitude we expect here at Blair General, Miss Standish. I'm a volunteer. You get what you pay for. So, Mrs. Bradley, you will understand you are to be here at 9 o'clock in the morning for x-rays? Yes, Dr. Kildare, 9 o'clock. Tell me something, Dr. Gillespie. Is it real bad? Well, now, Mrs. Bradley... Let's just say, if you've got a bucket list, it better be a short list. Mrs. Bradley, you're expecting a diagnosis before we've even finished completing our examination. What did she mean about a short list? If you're going to order anything online, be sure to get next day delivery. What? You can listen to your doctor, so you can listen to someone who is in here to empty the waste paper baskets. We'll take some x-rays in the morning, maybe run some other tests, and then we'll know a lot more about it. It's been bothering me on and off for a year now, but it got worse about four months ago. Really? Really? Do you mind if I ask the questions? Go for it. Thank you. Mrs. Bradley, if it's been bothering you for so long, why is this the first time you've been to the clinic? Well, I went to see Dr. Conlon for a while. Conlon? 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 I don't know any Dr. Conlon, Jimmy. You know, he's the one that advertises all the time. He has that machine. Uh, whatever it's called. Ooh, I love old-timey medicine. What kind of machine? Like, an iron lung? No. No, Miss Standish. I've seen the advertisements. Uh, Dr. Conlon uses what I think he calls an electroradonic diagnostoscope. Oh, yeah. Fat one. That sounds totally made up. <clears throat> what did Dr. Conlon say was wrong with you, Mrs. Bradley? Well, it's really complicated. It's something about the electricity being in my joints and my liver when it ought to be in my fingertips. <laughs> Miss Dennis, perhaps you can clean the waste paper basket now? Oh, oh excuse me. <laughs> electricity in her joints and liver? Dude, is Dr. Conlon like the first Dr. Oz? Did he have you try hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin? Um, no. Just the machine. It didn't seem to help me much, but he said if I could keep on it, it would happen overnight. 
that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, and for guaranteed results, be sure to place the black onyx on your solar plexus chakra. Dr. Conlin has all kinds of letters from people he's cured. I went to him regular, until I couldn't afford it anymore. Out of time, Jimmy, you- Yeah, I know. You can go now if you like, Mrs. Bradley. All right, Dr. Kildare. We'll see you in the morning. Thank you, Dr. Gillespie. Goodbye, Miss Standish. Later! <laughs> I hope. So, I might not be a doctor. No truer words were ever spoken. Hey, I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy to know a cancer storyline when I see one. Not much doubt about it, Miss Standish, but I'd thank you to leave the diagnoses to the diagnosticians. Mrs. Bradley doesn't have a chance in a thousand. Oh, confound it, Jimmy. Cancer can be cured. Really? Even in the 50s? Even in the... Well, yes, of course. If they come to us in the beginning. In this case, you know why she didn't. Lack of access to good health care? No, because of Dr. Conlin and his electro-radonic diagnostoscope. Electricity in the joints. She went to him until her savings ran out. Yeah, that's American healthcare. Go bankrupt trying not to die. Eh, Oh, please. Like you guys are any different? The existence of health insurance at all was created during the Great Depression to make sure whoever walks through your hospital doors won't stiff you on their bill. And how did you come to hear that? I ended up down a rabbit hole of history, TikToks. I can also tell you more than you probably want to know about President Taft. Anyhow, that's for the penny pinchers upstairs to worry about. We're here to help the sick. And besides, we're discussing a man using unproven and ineffective methods as cure-alls at the expense of people who are gravely ill just to earn a buck. All right. I know I'm about 70 years too early for the single-payer healthcare discussion. It's the 1950s. Bernie Sanders is probably not even hit puberty yet. I'm afraid Mrs. Bradley's not the only victim. I've seen others come into this clinic before. Victims either of Dr. Conlin or a hundred other fakes just like him. Dr. Gillespie, that man ought to be stopped. He ought to be smashed. And furthermore, he's going to be stopped. How? I don't know how. By having easier access to medical professionals without the corporate greed of insurance making the public afraid to seek help for fear of going into financial ruin? Are we going to have to hear about this the entire episode? Like the fabled Cassandra, I am burdened with the knowledge of the future, surrounded by those who won't heed my warnings. What? Also went down a rabbit hole of Greek mythology. How much more time are you planning on devoting to this undertaking, Jimmy? Be quiet now, I'm trying to listen to Miss Stanish's heart. Yeah, shut up, old man. Just because you're too shriveled up to enjoy the touch of the opposite sex doesn't mean you have to ruin it for the rest of us. What intonation is she talking about? Shh, quiet now. All right, I'm finished. So what do you think, Dr. Kildare? Your heart sounds perfect. No, I mean, what do you think of us going out to dinner tonight? What? Uh, Dr. Gillespie? Don't look at me, Jimmy. I'm too shriveled up for dinner. Dr. Kildare? Good afternoon, Dr. Carew. Dr. Kildare, what is the meaning of this? Someone informed me that you've had this candy striper examined today for two different consultants. Um, I have a name. It's Madison. Oh, really? Then why does your name tag say Diana? Probably because rather than take my uniform home to wash it, I stole a clean one from someone else's locker. Well, are you ill? Uh, I claim doctor-patient privilege. Miss Standish is merely getting ready for an ordeal, Dr. Carew. So I'd insisted she be examined by Bertoli and Mace. You know, they're two of the best internists in the country. 
Of course I know they are two of the best internists. I run this hospital. I hired them. And what ordeal? So between the three of us, under the neutral and expert eye of Dr. Gillespie, of course. Uh, that's right. We recorded our observations of Miss Standish's health. Why? Why? To put an end to a crooked doctor, that's why. Confounded Carew, it's common sense. We have to have a current state of health fully documented prior to a visit to Dr. Conlon in order to debunk his findings. Then I'll take Miss Standish to see Dr. Conlon under the pretense of her being ill. I'm going to be Dr. Kildare's wife. Oh? Wait, wait, no. You were going to be my sister. With all this sexual tension between us? Yes, Jimmy. Miss Standish playing your wife makes much more sense. But... It does seem more believable. Perhaps, but... We already have dinner plans. No, we hadn't agreed on... I do so envy you, Jimmy, with your noble pursuits. What I do, I do for science. Then after dinner, we can try some at-home medical experiments. You're not claustrophobic, are you? Yes, indeed, Mr. Standish. You've certainly brought your wife to the right place. We'll have her on her feet in no time at all. Oh, honey, isn't that wonderful? Yes, darling. You're going to be all right. So can you let go of my arm now? Married all these years, and I still feel like we're on our honeymoon. <laughs> so your concerns, Mr. Standish? Uh, yes. You see, my wife's been having this trouble for nearly a year, but I couldn't get her to go to a doctor. She has an idea that they're all, well, quacks. <laughs> I really am a handful, aren't I, sweetheart? <laughs> like no other. I don't blame her, Mr. Standish. I recognized your wife as a woman of keen intelligence the minute she walked in here. Thank you! Man, I wish you'd been my world lit teacher. She had it out for me from the beginning. Like I was the first student to come to class drunk. Summer school would have been a complete disaster. Yeah, if I'd actually gone. Well, you certainly were smart enough to marry this successful businessman adventure. Yep, that's how us women use our intelligence. To land a husband. Uh, yes, I own a chain of grocery stores. Ah, yes, yes, indeed. Mr. and Mrs. Standish, you may not believe it, but the average medical doctor is a quack. You don't say. Modern civilization has progressed to inconceivable heights, while medicine has stood still. Why? Because the legit... <clears throat> the average doctor is blind. He refuses to make use of the greatest scientific discovery of this century. The pill? Electronics. Oh, the vibrator. Mr. Standish, I presume you've heard of my electroradonic diagnostoscope. Uh, of course. That's the part of your ad that attracted us. I don't know much about electricity, but it sounds fantastic. I can assure you that some of the miracles of healing that have taken place in this office, had they been performed in a time gone by, well, I'd have been burned at the stake. So if it doesn't work, we've got options. Well, Dr. Conlon, my wife's trouble seems to center around her chest. Hey, there is nothing wrong with my chest. I have seven wet t-shirt titles to prove it. Uh, with pain, sometimes in her left arm. Oh, no symptoms, please, Mr. Standish. The machine takes care of all that. Pain in left arm. All right. Suppose we step into my electronics laboratory. This way. Seriously, do you want me to show you my chest? I'll take my shirt off right now. No, no, dear. <laughs> no need for that. Oh, it's a doctor's office. I'm not going to jump up on the desk and twirl tassels at you. Unless you're into that. 
<clears throat> Dr. Conlon, that's quite an elaborate gadget. Gadget? Mr. Standish, you're standing before one of the most complex mechanisms known to modern man. It looks like the laser from Goldfinger. Mrs. Standish, if you'll sit here, please. Do you expect me to talk? I expect you to go along with our original plan. Uh, the line is, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Classic. Duh. And now that I'm looking down the barrel of this thing, I'm afraid that might actually be the outcome. It's perfectly safe. We know it doesn't work. Maybe that's how Mrs. Bradley got cancer. You don't know. Just sit there and don't move. Will you still love me if I'm horribly disfigured? Well, uh... The correct answer is yes. I'm about to start, Mrs. Standish. There's no danger at all. The internuclear intake flux is completely compensated by the spectrum balance of the... Well, I suppose that's all Greek to you. (laughs) Impressive, though. Please tell me that thing is only filled with used pinball machine parts. Now, just let me adjust these high-potential atomic electrodes. Gee, all those dials, control knobs, and coils. It's amazing. Now, just relax, Mrs. Standish. Good luck, honey. Are you ready? No, I... You have a choice. A happy road to joyous health, or... What must I do? Nothing, really. There are four lights! What is she talking about? Uh, she missed breakfast. Uh, well, that's it. We're done. That's it? The metallic balance of gamma waves indicates a strong deviation in the vicinity of the heart. She has heart trouble? Precisely. My heart? You mean I drank all those kale smoothies for nothing? Can't you twist those knobs or something and cure her? Oh, I'm afraid it's not that simple. The machine is only set right now for a diagnosis. I'll have to spend several hours computing her health vibration factor. That's why the treatments are somewhat expensive. How expensive, Dr. Conlon? Fifty dollars apiece. Oh. Hey, that's not bad. It's seventy bucks just for an office visit for my cat. Well, after all, Mr. Standish, your wife's health is an important thing. Just curious, how much extra is a deworming? I might bring my cat to you. How many treatments will be necessary, do you think? That varies on the condition. Come back tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, and we'll start your wife on the treatments that will transform her health. Thank you so much, Doctor. Not at all. Not at all. The greatest pleasure in life comes from helping to alleviate human suffering. I'm going to guess you never held public office. Or worked in a call center. Do I pay you now, Dr. Conlon? No, no. No hurry at all, Mr. Standish. Tomorrow will be fine. Goodbye. Goodbye, Dr. Conlon, and thank you. Well, Dr. Conlon's act is probably highly effective with somebody who doesn't know better. I can't believe I have heart problems. You don't. Remember three doctors gave you a clean bill of health this morning? Yeah, but heart disease is the leading cause of death in women. I think you need to give me another full physical. I think what Dr. Conlon was picking up on was my mentioning of the pain in your left arm. You know, my left arm does feel a little sore. Try releasing your death grip on my arm and see if that helps. Not gonna happen. Although one thing interested me about Dr. Conlon, I couldn't help but notice the spot on the back of his hand. It's not as cute as that little dimple you have when you smile. Uh, yeah. That spot concerns me. I wonder if he's used that machine on himself. Wait a minute! I thought you said it was perfectly safe! Well, certainly any kind of repeated exposure to gamma rays. (gasps) Those were gamma rays? We really need to start teaching the Hulk as a cautionary tale. 
I can't believe what I'm hearing. I, I, I didn't approve of any of this. That's because no one asked for your opinion. You knew we were going to meet with Dr. Conlon. But I didn't know that Blair Hospital was going to be directly involved. Okay, Dr. Kildare. I'm ready for my physical. Oh, hello. Perhaps I got naked a bit prematurely. You're the, uh, the candy striper. More like candy stripper, am I right? <laughs> uh, perhaps you'd like to cover up, young lady. Here, Miss Standish, take my lab coat. For doctors, you sure are a bunch of prudes. You were going to give her another physical, Dr. Kildare? That hardly seems necessary, Jimmy. I, I wasn't. We were going to test my heart rate. Uh, so Dr. Carew, about your concerns, I don't understand what you're so upset about. I believe I've lost track myself. Our newspaper article? Right, yes. <laughs> the, um, <clears throat> very idea of dragging the name of Blair Hospital into a sensational newspaper story. Why, it's unthinkable. Miss Standage, why are you sitting on the exam table? My feet hurt, okay? I wanted to sit down. Oh, that leads to my second question. Why are you wearing high-heeled pumps for your examination? You're a doctor, but you've never played doctor? Uh, <laughs> there must... Well, Dr. Carew, the newspaper article is the best way I know of putting Dr. Conlin out of business. Sure, there are legal angles, but there are also loopholes. However, when this story is printed, he can't dodge the publicity. Publicity? Oh, I shudder to think of it. We used to say any publicity is good publicity, until clickbait articles and hashtags started taking down Hollywood. Now celebrities have to apologize for things before they even say them, or they'll find themselves working for DoorDash. Dr. Kildare, I absolutely forbid you going on with this scheme. Dr. Carew, there's a Mrs. Bradley upstairs in the hospital waiting to undergo surgery next week. It's very doubtful the operation is going to help her. Four months ago, it would have. I fail to see what Mrs. Bradley has to do with this. Four months ago, Mrs. Bradley was being swindled by Dr. Conlon's so-called diagnostoscope. She only came to us after it was too late. She's not the only victim, nor is Dr. Conlin the only crook. I understand, Dr. Kildare, but it's simply not our responsibility. Are you guys going to be here much longer? I'm getting a little frosty in here. Then go in the other room and put your clothes back on. Yes, Dr. Gillespie, that's a wonderful idea. Jeez, Gillespie. I guess your oath to do no harm doesn't apply to my love life. I believe the subject of this newspaper article is closed. Jimmy and I are going ahead with this whether you like it or not. Oh? But I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll include a paragraph in the article stating that you were opposed to the idea. Oh, good heavens, no! That would ruin me! Fine. Go ahead. Oh, then afterwards you can treat me for my growing stomach ulcer. There's another interesting angle in this we haven't followed up yet, Dr. Gillespie. Although he doesn't know it, Conlin has an advanced sarcoma on his hand. And unless he's treated very soon by a legitimate doctor, he won't live a year. Poetic justice, if you ask me. Dr. Kildare, I'm having trouble getting out of this lab coat. Could you come in here and... Ow. Oh, I heard the door shut. I thought you were alone. Yes, well, uh, Dr. Carew wants us to go ahead with our article. Uh, we should get to work right away, eh, eh, Dr. Gillespie? Oh, yes, Jimmy. The sooner, the better. All right, then. W we'll see you later, Miss Standish. But... Damn it. I really can't get out of this lab coat. There's a button caught or something. We'll return with the story of Dr. Kildare. 
in just a moment. Hey, you guys! You know everyone here at Madison on the Air love, love, loves old-time radio. Take a deep dive into the history of American OTR with the podcast Breaking Walls. I still think radio is probably the greatest entertainment medium ever invented. It made the audience work. Instead of a big, ugly glass picture tube, you saw the performers in your own mind. We were a family. It was a nucleus of people that you never grew away from. When I arrived, all of the WTIC people had started mm -hmm. and were working in New York and introduced me to different people and got me at least into some of the auditions. I think there is something so special between the listener and the other side of the microphone in the studio. Breaking Walls is the podcast on the history of American dramatic radio. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts and at thewallbreakers.com. Now we continue with the story of Dr. Kildare. There you are. Good morning, Miss Standish. Good morning? That's all you have to say to me is good morning? That's a lovely tweed suit. Is it new? No. I had to borrow it from a nurse who apparently doesn't use deodorant because last night, after I finally tracked down an orderly to help me out of that lab coat, a little too happy to help if you know what I mean, someone had taken my clothes from the exam room. So now I look like Mrs. Cleaver going to a PTA meeting and smell like she walked through a desert to get there. Oh, I'm, uh, sorry. I'm not done. Then I waited three hours in the restaurant, fighting off drunks from the bar and waiters who kept insisting I should give my table to women whose dates actually bothered to show up. And when I wouldn't move, they demanded I order something. After four appetizers, two house salads, and an entree that apparently was family style, I didn't have enough money to pay the bill. So I ended up washing dishes until the sun came up this morning. Your date never arrived? You were my date! Oh, uh, I hadn't thought we'd actually... Dr. Gillespie! Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning, Miss Standish. That a new tweed suit, Miss Standish? Ah! I thought women liked it when you commented on their wardrobe. I, um, apparently missed our date last night. Date? You were actually going to go through with that, Jimmy? Well, I, I mean, I mean... Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Standish. It was all my fault. What was? Jimmy missing his date with you. Why, we were, we were up last night until uh, after midnight working on the newspaper release. I'm sorry. It completely slipped my mind. Yeah, but... It's so hard to date a doctor, isn't it? With all of our eccentricities... That's why I never married, don't you know? Never could find a woman thoughtful and caring enough to, uh, well, um, put up with me. You got a hell of a wingman, Kildare, but I don't buy it. No snow job, huh? Well, there would have been if he'd shown up last night. So, uh, Jimmy, you two going back to see Dr. Conlon this morning? We, um, do have an appointment at 10 o'clock. So I'm supposed to go with you to pretend to be your wife when you couldn't even, for one night, be my date? Again, I'm sorry. All right, enough of this confounded discussion. Miss Standish, you agreed to help take down a quack doctor who was hurting people. But... Let me finish. And he was sure to hurt many more people if he isn't stopped. Now, are you going to tell me you're putting your personal feelings before that of the greater good? No. 
All right, then. We should... Not so fast, Jimmy. You've wronged this young lady who has agreed to help us with our plan with no thought of her own personal reward. I wouldn't say no thought. So that you will fulfill your NAPS obligation and take her out on a proper date following the completion of this crusade. Do you understand? Of course, Dr. Gillespie. Fine. Now, if you both will excuse me, this matter has brought on a migraine. By the great horn spoon, why must young people always make things so complicated? I am sorry, Miss Standish. Dr. Gillespie and I truly did become engrossed in our newspaper article last night. It's okay. It's better than when my boyfriend showed up four hours late for my brother's wedding. Not only did I have to keep making up excuses where he was, but then I had to explain when he did show up why he'd brought his own date to the reception. Oh, that's terrible. Not as terrible as what I did to him. That chicken dance will live in infamy. Now sit back and relax, Mrs. Standish. Let the healing, life-giving, alpha-protonic miracle rays flow through your anatomic nervous system. At 50 bucks a flow. Ah, but the reward, Mrs. Standish, freedom from sickness and an abundance of energy. For 100% joy in living, what do a few pennies matter? That is the exact pitch they used to get me to join a cult. Oh, you're absolutely right, Dr. Conlon. Money isn't everything. That is the exact opposite of what my parents said when they had to pay for my extraction from the cult. Are you entirely certain there's no danger in this treatment? There's not a thing to worry about. Am I going to get mutant superpowers? Maybe the ability to heal like Deadpool? I already have his ability to make off-color remarks and Gen X references. Everything is compensated by setting the computer very carefully. You see, right now, the machine is removing the inductive micropower excess from the heart and distributing it between the thyroid and the left kidney. Just hands off the girly parts, okay? I like them right where they are. That's why it's so important to make accurate computations. Yeah, just keep checking those computations, dude. What's the point of getting mutant superpowers if my boobs droop? I'd look terrible in the jumpsuit. Well, the five minutes are up. That's the first treatment. Fifty bucks for five minutes. You sure you're not a hooker? I beg your pardon? (laughs) You'll get used to my wife's little jokes, Dr. Conlon. I make clowns cry. Uh, by the way, Dr. Conlon, did you make out that diagnostic report I phoned about this morning? Well, yes, I did. It's right here on the table. I really don't see the importance of it, though. It's the cure that counts. I need proof in writing that I'm sick for work, or else I'll lose my job and, consequently, lose my health care and then not be able to get the cure and eventually die. It's the American healthcare circle of life. Your wife works? What about that grocery store chain you own, Mr. Standish? Ha <laughs> ha, there's my wife's sense of humor again. They do say laughter is the best medicine. Codeine is the best medicine. The main reason I joined that cult. In any case, here you are. Well, thanks. Diagnosis. Cardiomyopathy and coronary artery disease. OMG, that sounds really bad. Is it really bad, Dr. Kildare? Dr. Kildare? Whoops. That's right, I'm Dr. Kildare. I'm on staff with Blair Hospital. What's the meaning of this? As far as you're concerned, it means you're through swindling people out of their lives and money with that phony hookup of vacuum tubes and condensers. Looks impressive, though. You might have a career in building sets for sci-fi movies. You can't prove anything. You're bluffing. Do you think so? Before we came here yesterday, Miss Standish was examined by two other top men and myself and pronounced physically fit, including her heart. So what? 
You doctors make mistakes all the time with your medieval methods of diagnosis. You want to talk medieval? Your machine is analog. We're going to let the public decide. Tomorrow morning, three of the city's biggest newspapers will carry a full-page feature of the stats of your diagnostic report, along with our story of the way you operate. I'll sue you. I'll sue you and Blair Hospital for a million dollars. Oh, dude, do not go there. I once sued my history teacher for being boring. His lectures caused me to fall asleep in class, which disrupted my sleep cycle, which led me to being awake at 4 o'clock in the morning, which resulted in my drinking to try to fall back asleep, and ended up causing me to fall down a flight of stairs and sprain my wrist. He had to pay for the doctor's bills and emotional distress. So don't try me. There's no law against a man making an honest living. Honest living. Swindling people. It's the American way. Come on, Miss Standish, I'm getting a little sick myself. See you in jail, Conlon. Oh, no, you won't. I'll beat it. Wait and see. Ah, by the way, Mr. Conlon, I feel it's my duty to inform you that you are a very sick man. What are you talking about? That spot on your hand. It's a sarcoma. What? You better get the best medical attention you can find. And as soon as possible. You're lying. Think what you like. You've been told. If anything, you should wear gloves. That thing is pretty nasty. Like men in sandals. Seriously, men's feet are too ratchet to be shown in public. Gentlemen, I hope you're exercising due discretion in this matter. Don't worry, Dr. Crew. There will be nothing in this article but facts. He won't get anywhere if he tries to file a libel suit. I shudder to contemplate even the possibility of his filing a suit. Why, the very thought of coming face to face with that creature. Dude, Dr. Kildare! Dr. Conlon is here to see you. Do you think he's going to sue the hospital? Sue? Yeah. Oh. Well, there goes Crew again. He's got the constitution of a dormouse in a room full of tomcats. If you two are looking at me to pick him up, the janitor is just going to have to mop around him. Well, gentlemen, now that you've made a complete examination, are you still of the same opinion? It's still the same diagnosis? Yeah, that thing on your hand is still nasty. I'm a quack, but you have a candy striper participating in diagnoses? I liked you better when you were a Bond villain. To your question, Mr. Conlon, yes. It is a sarcoma. Well, am I right in assuming it can be cured by an operation? Yes, it can be removed by surgery, Mr. Conlon. It's not a simple operation, but done at this time, the prognosis is very favorable. Dr. Kildare, would you be willing to perform this operation in in spite of your personal feelings? I'm a doctor, and as such, I have very clear-cut responsibilities towards my patients. Under the circumstances you mentioned, you'd be a patient. It's as simple as that. Personal feelings are out of it. Man, that doctor's oath sure doesn't leave any wiggle room for revenge. Maybe while he's under, you can drop your watch in his intestines or something. Miss Standish, how much more of your volunteering should we be expected to endure? Until Dr. Dreamy over there finally takes me out on a date. Yes, well, Mr. Conlon, we can schedule your surgery for tomorrow. How much would it cost? I'm on staff here. You'll have to discuss that with the business office. However, Dr. Gillespie and I have a price of our own you'll have to meet. What do you mean? I'll operate. In return for your signing a complete, detailed confession of your swindling activities. Ooh, blackmail! Way better than petty revenge. You must think I'm crazy. What, with something like that, they could send me up? All right, Mr. Conlon. Then I suggest you find another physician. The newspaper article will still be effective even without your confession. 
I've already been to two other doctors today. Neither one of them would operate. They both told me to come to you. We can have Miss Standish here take your confession if you'd care to dictate it, Mr. Conlon. Yes! I've got the perfect TikTok filter for this. All right, I know when I'm beat. I'll have it for you later this afternoon. Then we'll schedule your surgery. Be here tomorrow at 9 o'clock in the morning. At least I'll still have my life. Which is more than Mrs. Bradley will. Oh, burn! Goodbye, gentlemen. Well, Jimmy... I guess that does it. Yes, at least that's about all we can do. From here on, it's up to the authorities. And the public. They are the real judge and jury. Truth. And you really don't need to waste your time on facts anymore. Just throw out a couple vague insinuations and social media will take care of the rest. It's just too bad we can't smoke all the Conlins out into the open. It's not that easy. In my day, anyone can promote unproven backwards medical treatments, and the more actual doctors with facts try to call them out on it, the more Mrs. Bradleys will support and spread their misinformation. It's a whole thing. Well, you fight it where you find it. That's the best you can do. That's so naive of you, but sure. Life is pretty much a matter of struggling and fighting, and it will be for a long time to come. That smooth, easy road to joyous living is still a figment of an electro-radonic dream. Ah, yes. Access to good health care. Dream the impossible dream. Well, Jimmy, getting married or going to a funeral? Possibly the latter. I've got a date with Miss Standish. <laughs> Shall I come with you as a chaperone? I might be better off with a bodyguard. Good evening, Dr. Gillespie. Jimmy. Nice. That was totally 1956s, but still classier than anything I ever got at a frat party. So I'll allow it. You look very pretty, Miss Standish. Ah, me. If I was only 20 years younger. You'd still be 20 years too old for me. Uh, yes, well, good, good night to the both of you. You're leaving so soon, Dr. Gillespie? Oh, suck it up, Jimmy. She's a good-looking girl. How bad could it be? But... Good night, Dr. Gillespie. Good night. So, Miss Standish. Madison. Uh, why did you just lock the door? Doctor, I think it's time someone gave you a physical. This has been our presentation of The Story of Dr. Kildare. Wait, what? You can't end the episode now! Sorry, it's time to go. Thank you for listening, everyone. Join us again next week. I'm seriously having a talk with our writer. The character of Dr. Jimmy Kildare first appeared in Cosmopolitan magazine in 1936. Paramount made the first Dr. Kildare film, but it was MGM with actor Lou Ayers in the title role who popularized the suave young doctor with audiences. Lou Ayers filmed nine MGM movies, but had a step away from 1942 to 1946 when he was drafted into service during World War II as a medic. By 1949, MGM had brought the show to radio featuring Ayers in the leading role with his on-screen partner Lionel Barrymore as Dr. Gillespie. Ayers was cast in a 1950s TV pilot of the series, but refused to continue with the role when the network insisted on using cigarette companies for sponsors. He argued that a medical show, especially one appealing to children, should not promote smoking. 
Eventually, the series would run as a TV show in the early 1960s with Richard Chamberlain as the dashing young doctor. Hey, everybody. It's Madison. Thank you so much for listening. Do you want some free swag? I'll send you a Madison on the Air logo sticker when you sign up for my free e-newsletter. Sneak peeks, my exclusive behind-the-scenes blog, and all sorts of not-found-anywhere-else Madison stuff. Sign up on my website, madisonontheair.com. Oh, and we are in the middle of a campaign to get Ryan Reynolds on my show. When you're on Twitter, be sure to tag at VanCityReynolds with hashtag RyanOnMadison to let him know you want him on my show. Thank you, guys. You are amazing. Okay, announcer dude, roll the credits. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Christy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Christy Talon Sage. Dr. Jimmy Kildare was played by Aaron Stahl. Other actors in the cast were Jerry Kokich as Dr. Gillespie, David Pinion as Dr. Conlon, Albert Garnica as Dr. Carew, and Laura Christine Elliott as Mrs. Bradley. <laughs> <laughs>